0: Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Man, listen, this we're at the last who in this series, okay? Because we've been talking about who. Alright. Romans 8.35, I beg you, Lord, to do something in this place today. Uh, Romans 8 35 says, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation. Or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. Tell your neighbor, don't panic. Just as it is written. For your sake, we are being put to death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. That's what we were considered as. But, see the but? In all these things, we overwhelmingly what? Conquer through him who loved us. I want to talk about this morning. Tell your neighbor the struggle is over. Tell your neighbor how to survive through suffering. Amen. How to survive through, I didn't say get out of it. I said through suffering. Tell your neighbor, the struggle is over. I see Christians struggling when they're supposed to be winning through the struggle. Just because you gave your life to Jesus doesn't mean you're not going to struggle. Doesn't mean that you're not going to go through suffering. But this struggle I'm talking about is the fact that you are no longer a stranger to God. Come on, and help me somebody. You are not a stranger to God. Let me see. If I got a few people with me this morning. You are God's workmanship. Masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus. For good works. So that you may walk in them. You got to learn how to walk it out. You got to learn how to live it out. Amen. You got to learn how to live as if you are on a winning team. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, the struggle is over. But Satan tries and he'll keep on trying to bring charges against you. Remember I said that last week? He will always try to accuse you and judge you to cause you to feel like God has forgotten you. But I got good news for you today. the struggle is over. His next tactic, according to Romans chapter 8... Is suffering. And in suffering, here's what he wants you to do. He wants you to blame God. He wants you to believe that God is somehow unfair about what you're going through. That you don't deserve what you're getting. Do I have anybody? What is Paul's trying to establish here for us? Paul is trying to remind us of some things. And one of the things that Paul wants you to be reminded of is that you know who you are. Listen, a lot of us are insecure. We don't really know who we are. But, but I've, through the last six weeks, I've tried to show you Who you are. I showed you in God's Word that you are a child of God. That you belong to God. That if you can keep reminding yourself over and over again and keep in repetition, I am a child of God. I have. The victory in Jesus. I know that God foreknew me. Verse 29. I know that God predestined me. Verse 29. That I might conform to the image of his son. Yeah. If I keep reminding myself that not only did he predestine me. Verse 30. That he called me. And while I may not understand my calling right now, listen to listen to nine o'clock message. Uh, He justified me. So therefore, no one can judge me. Oh, I wish I had you. You may not like what I do, but only God can judge me. Are you with me? And even when Satan accuses me of my wrong, I still have Jesus who intercedes for me in my wrong. Lord, have mercy. What a great deal we got. But don't forget verse 28 though. Verse 28 says what? And we know that God causes what? Synergism is what it's called. To work together for what? For good. For who? To those who love God. To those who are, tell your neighbor, I'm called. Tell your neighbor, I love God. God. And when you love God, you'll know his will. And that's the question. Can you love someone you've never seen? But here's the thing. The reason I can love God that I don't see is because he's given me evidence in me that he is real. Watch this. He woke me up this morning. He keeps me in my right mind. Come on, somebody. He's given me a reasonable portion of health and strength. And hey, come on somebody. When I should have given up, for some reason, I'm still standing. I know there's a God. When I look at the sun, the moon, and the stars, when I look at what he's created, and then it says, what is man? And he should question God. See, I got reasons to rejoice, but see, suffering... Here's what it does to us. Suffering causes us to forget. As a matter of fact, what we do in suffering, saints, we idolize it. We make our suffering bigger than the God who's allowing it. You with me? Now, there's a difference between temptation and suffering. And we'll talk about that later. But when we we begin to suffer, we panic. And when we panic, we forget our position in Christ. We forget our purpose in Christ. Come on, somebody. We we forget the power that we have by way of the Holy Spirit. And we're drawing on the strength of... Of our flesh rather than on the strength that God supplies. And in the end, what was meant to strengthen you has now frustrated you. And we forget Romans 8.28. Do you know why I said this last week? Do you know why in the new heavens and new earth there will be a tree The tree of life will be there and every every month we'll have to go back to that tree of life to sustain us because God wants you to remember him. The problem with, uh, he wants you to know that the source of life is him. I'm going to say it one more time. The source of life is him. And the only way that you and I can keep reminding ourselves, that's why we take communion. Why do we take communion? If we didn't partake of communion, we wouldn't remember the crucifixion. We wouldn't remember the the sacrifice that he gave for us. We do it not because of any other reason, but to remember. He says, do this in remembrance of me. Why? Because he wants you to know that you are not alone in your suffering. Imagine if your next trial, you were to handle it the way God wants you to handle it. Imagine if you trusted God. Could you imagine what the outcome would be? Well, let's continue to find out how to get through. Paul is giving us the last question, the last question here. If you back up uh, to verse um, verse thirty-two, he says, "I'm sorry." Verse thirty-three, he says, "Who?" See it? See verse thirty-four? What do you say? Who? Who is the one that can bring a charge against you? That's verse 33. I already told you that. You know what? I hope those of you who have been listening to this these messages, I hope that you're a little bit less lighter. You, you feel lighter because you're not walking around in guilt. Out of the mouth of babes. Y'all won't say amen? The Lord said the baby's going to say Amen? Amen? Oh, y'all, now y'all want to cry out, huh? The rocks just cried out in your place. I asked the Lord to do something in this service, boy. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Who? Look at verse 34. Who is the one who, yeah, nobody can condemn you. And now we get to verse 35. And if you missed the series, go and listen to it again, right? Who, he says, will what? Separate us from what? Now that word separate right there means to divide. Uh, to Watch this. To tear apart. To pull it apart. What is Paul after here now? How do we make it through suffering? You ready? You got your pen? Some, some of y'all ain't got your pen. Y'all just looking at me just. So, let me see your pen. You got your pen? Okay. You got your pen? Watch this. You ready? Who will separate us? So how do we make it through suffering? First thing you got to remember is this. Remember in the midst of suffering that God loves you. Here's Paul's mind. You see, when we suffer, you might think that God doesn't love you anymore. Because you either messed up. Watch this. Or you didn't do what you were supposed to do. Or you wasn't where you were supposed to be. But can I tell you something? Satan wants us to doubt God's love when we suffer. Especially when we suffer. The moment we hit difficulties, we start saying, what kind of God would love me so, watch this, but allow me to go through this. It can cause us to develop resentment for God. And some of us, we've lost apartments, we've lost cars, we love boyfriends, girlfriends, money, jobs, and the list goes on. And for some reason, we've developed in our hearts a resentment for God. If God is so good, then why? Don't you know that God was trying to get you to something better? Don't you know that you had settled, but you didn't see that you were settling because you thought you had the greatest thing ever. But God says, I got something better for you. You got to notice it says that from the love of Christ, nothing will separate you. Nothing will pull you apart. We say that you don't have guilt, but watch this, but your actions don't show that. You see, the more you suffer, the more you love him. The more you go through, the more you commit to him. The more you have experiencing suffering, the more you intensify your commitment to him. Because what he wants to know is, do you really love me? Now watch this. He says nothing will be able to tear apart. Watch this. Your guilt, your shame. Come on, somebody! Your mess ups. Some of you hide. I know you hiding. Watch this. You mess up, but you just hide. You won't just come back and say, "You know what, man? Lord, I'm sorry. I shoot. I I done messed up this week." There's no reason to hide from God when God knows what you were doing when you were doing it. But the love of God. Nothing. Watch this. Love is an action word. And watch this. And he played his hands first. When he died on the cross for you. Lord have mercy. I'm going to say it one more time. Love is an action word. And when he went to Calvary. Come on and help me somebody. When he went to Calvary. He that is a demonstration to you that I will love you and I will keep on loving you, but just because you're going through right now doesn't mean that I've stopped loving you. Yeah. Do you not know how hard headed we are? Do you not know how stubborn we are? Had it not been for what you've been through, check this out you wouldn't be sitting here today. Had you not had a hard marriage. Come on somebody. Had you not had some difficult kids. Come on somebody. Had you not had a difficult life. You wouldn't be sitting here today. You wouldn't have a need for God. So God says I'll take that. And I'll work it out for your good. But what you got to do is remember this. That in the midst of your suffering. Look for his love. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. You lost everything, but you're living under somebody's roof. That's love. You lost the last job, but watch this. But look at you now. You got a better job. Paying you way more than what you were making. Is that not love? Y'all making me work now. I got a few people who can testify to that now. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. You worked for 20 years on a job, on a dangerous job, and you retired. I'm pointing to somebody over here. (laughs) I'm going to say it one more time. You worked a dangerous job for over 20 years and you retired. Watch this. You made it out. Eggs. Come on, somebody. That's love. You have a business. You don't even know where you're going to get the next dollar from. But it seems to me like every month. You have what you need. Tell your neighbor that's love. You see the problem is saints. We don't really have. We we have to train ourselves. How to recognize God's love in the midst of what we're going through. We may not have all that we need, but we got something. Are you with me? God's love is something that you have to learn how to identify. And when you, you know, you could say, look at the cross. People don't even look at the cross no more. (laughs) But you don't have to go far to see his love. Anybody here experiences his love lately? Well, just breathe. Tell your neighbor that's love. Somebody didn't make it. Somebody died yesterday. Somebody just died a few seconds ago. But here we are. Come on, y'all. Listen, you may have a few aches and pains. But guess what? You still get to eat a little... Good food. Eat up them brownies and sweet stuff that you like to eat. I ain't pointing my finger at nobody. I'm just saying. Tell you David, that's love see, what we do is we magnify our problems, but we don't realize how amazing God really, really is. Think about this for a minute. We magnify our suffering, but we don't realize how much we got going for us. Watch this. We may be suffering and going through, but God's love is on display constantly. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that I've learned how to recognize, but remember that you love me. You love me so much that you gave your only begotten son. That not only did you give your only begotten son, but whosoever believe in him shall not perish, Aaliyah, but have everlasting life. (laughs) He says will separate us from the love of Christ. I got to hurry up. Look what he says next. He says, and I'm going to deal with this. Will tribulation, now let me tell you what the word tribulation means. It means trouble. Write it down. Trouble. Uh, will distress, that's right baby. That, that, that word distress it means pressure. Pressure, amen. All right baby. That's all right. The, the word distress means pressure, hardship. Watch this. It means to be hemmed in. Anybody hemmed in right now? I'm going to say it one more time. Anybody hemmed in right now? Okay. Watch it. Hardship. Look, he says persecution. The, the word persecution means to have something following you, a dark cloud. Can't even get a loan. Can't even get a payday loan. You know you're doing bad if you can't even get a payday loan. If you can't even pawn something. I know some of you live on that. And he says next. He says famine. That means to be hungry. But not just physically hungry. But spiritually hungry. Look what he says next. He says peril. I'm about to sit down. That word peril means danger. And then the word sword means a dagger. Got anybody stabbing you in the back? How I many you got a few backstabbers in your life? Okay, watch what he says. Watch what he says now. He says, who will separate us from what? The love of Christ. But here's the next thing you got to do. You ready? You got to recognize these distractions and don't panic. They're distractions. Watch this. Tribulations show up. You think the whole world is over. You ain't got no food. You got ramen noodles. 22 cents. You get a stick of butter. For a dollar. Maybe two. We're in a recession right now. Or you can knock on your neighbor's door and say, you have a stick of butter? Y'all ain't trying to hit me. You can get a 99 cent seasoning with the packet. Just kill yourself. It's all right. (laughs) High cholesterol and all kinds of stuff. And get you some hot dog and chop it up and put it in there. Talking about you hungry. See, God loves you so much he, you'll have that last dollar to buy that ramen noodle that last dollar but here's the thing y'all you got to recognize what distractions are these things are, these things are designed to kill you but read verse twenty eight for me what did verse twenty eight say <laughs> so so what you have to do you ready I'm going to give you some you ready for this you have to see these these things and put put the list back up you got to see these things in the list as not detrimental to you as a matter of fact you have to take its power from it How do you take the power out of tribulation? Love. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Romans 8, 28 says, God causes all things. So all this stuff that I'm really going through right now is just a what? Distraction. Y'all caught that? You got to catch that. It is not, it's designed to destroy you. You'll never go naked. I've been young, come on y'all, and I've been old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging bread, never. So what I realize about this list, because it's in the context of his love, it's just a distraction. You know what a distraction is? It's just designed not to hurt. Your shadow can be a distraction. A woman walking by you can be a. I wish I had somebody. It's when you act upon it, it's when it becomes detrimental to your marriage. Detrimental to your life. To your existence. But while it remains a distraction. You got to remind yourself. That nothing. Will separate me. From the love of God. And when God. The people who God loves. He oftentimes, Always. Give them a way out. We let tribulation, persecution, distress, we get hemmed in, we get, we, 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 we just go through all the time. I see believers failing the test of suffering because we don't recognize it as a what? Destruction. And guess what we do? We panic. Pastor, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just, I, don't I'm I'm, I don't want i don't to I got 10 minutes, y'all. I don't, do. not, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. Me, you don't know what you do you have to have faith amen every time she say amen i know it's time to go to the next point you ever notice the things stated here it it increases in intensity watch this it increases in intensity when you separate yourself from god It's just a distraction, sister J. It's just a distraction. That's all it is. It cannot harm you. What can the devil do to you? Nothing. Because you belong to Jesus. Look at verse 36. He says, for it is written. Paul now quotes Psalm forty four. So this is a no brainer of me. What do we do next? Satan, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word, can I tell you something? If you start putting the word on Satan, he going to leave. He tried to show up at church every now and then, but he can't stay here because we preach the word here. You understand what I'm saying? And when the word is explained and understood, come on, somebody, guess what? starts happening to you? You start changing. That's what I've heard in the last couple of weeks about people who come to this place and hear the word, their lives change. But here's the thing, you're suffering and you're like, what's going on? You, the last thing we do is pick up the word. Paul went through the word. Paul went to the word. He said, yeah, you're right. Because look, just as it's written. He, listen, he, he the word, the written word. You have the spoken word. And then you have the preached word. Lord have mercy. You have the what? Written word. You have the spoken word. And then you have the what? Preached word. And when you're going through. You got to get into your word. No matter what kind of. Listen. Tribulation. Distress. You ever notice tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril and sword? You know, what's that dagger. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. It drives you if you take it seriously. Watch this. It drives you from the word. <laughs> Last week, both my daughter's cars. I said. I said to them, "I said now, listen, y'all. We getting ready to get into this appreciation month. We already know we've been here seventeen years. We already know what's gonna happen." I said, "But y'all take care of your business. Monday, one light come on. Tuesday, the next light come on." It was a distraction. We didn't trip. We went to the Word of God. We got to fit. And, and guess what? It turned out. I believe we intensify our what we're going through by our belief about it. We. Oh, face cartoon? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. It started with face battery. Then Elias car, all three cars. <laughs> Hold on a minute. But guess what? You know why we made it through? You know why we made it through? We did not intensify the suffering. What we did was we say it's just a what? Distraction. You know what we did? We went to the word of God. We prayed and God worked it out. Come to find out it wasn't that bad. I'm trying to help somebody here. Stop magnifying these things that you're going through. Do I have anybody? Rely on the word of God for comfort. I got six minutes. Look what he says next. He says, for your sake. Look, he he quoted Psalm 44. For your sake, we are being put to what? wait 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 a minute. 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 You know what the problem is with us? When we're suffering, we take it personal. We get in our feelings. So the next thing you got to remember is this you got to remember the real reason you are suffering. You know why you're suffering? Because you're faithful. You You know why you're suffering? Because you're serving. You know why you're suffering? Because you really want a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know why you're suffering? Because don't let that fact escape you that it's for his sake that you're suffering. And can I tell you something? If you are suffering for Christ's sake, the Bible says that you are blessed. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean I'm blessed, pastor? You're blessed because God could have chosen somebody else to get glory from. Problem is, if you don't understand that your suffering is designed so that someone else may look at you and say, man, how did you get through that? And then you in turn will say, to God be the glory. My life is on display. Yeah, I got some tough days. I got some rough days. But I'm not going to sit around and have a pity party. You want to know why? Because I understand why I'm suffering. And I'm not suffering because I did anything wrong. I'm suffering because Jesus Christ, his blood... His righteousness, his name is attached to me. And that's why you're going through. That's why you're suffering. That's why you're rejected. That's why you can't hold on. But you got to remember one thing. If you know why you're going through. Come on somebody. And if you remember the reason for you going through. You will make it through. Stop taking it personal. It ain't personal. Look what he says. Let me show you what he says. He says, we are considered as what? Sheep. To the what? How many of you feel like you're the sheep going to the slaughter every week, every month, every every year? Look, listen, you feel like a sheep. You know, you know, you know what kind of sheep is it? This is a helpless sheep. Paul says, no, don't you? Every day he'll try. Every day he'll try to get you to the butcher's house. I'm going to say it one more time. Every day he's going to try to make you chop liver. Even the baby said, wow. She's out doing all of y'all. Y'all like that's deep. She's like, wow. Amen. You say, but can I tell you something about the kingdom? The kingdom is not what you think it is. The kingdom is suffering. Oh, yeah. But it's not suffering to destroy you, it's suffering to suffering to make you strong. So that when God gets ready to put you on display, your character is real. So that your yes is a yes. Your no is a no. You have integrity. You have peace. You're not going to suffer forever. Why are some of us suffering a long time? Because we're not learning from what we're going through. So we're repeating The process over and over again. But I like what verse 37 says. It says and but in all these things. We. What? Overwhelmingly what? Conquer. You know what that word conquer means? To dominate. Lord have mercy. To exercise rule over. What what you're saying, Pastor? Uh, if you look at your suffering the way you need to look at it, you will begin to dominate over tribulation. You'll be able to dominate over distress, you'll be able to dominate in famine. You're gonna be able to dominate through nakedness, you will defeat the enemy. Do I have anybody? But I want to say to somebody here, you have a reason to rejoice in suffering. And the reason you can rejoice is because you will dominate. You will rule. You're going to make it anyhow. God who is able will give you the strength. Hey, to fight off all of that mess thank God you may be down right now but you're going to rise because God is going to give you the strength to dominate tell your neighbor dominate you got to stand and realize that you have the power to overcome God says in his word We will overwhelmingly conquer through him who loves us. You got to remain faithful to him to the end of your suffering. Why? Because through him, in him, we breathe, we live, we have our being. You can't do it in your strength. You got to do it in his strength. Do I have anybody here today who can testify that you've been through some stuff that God has brought you through? Do I have a witness here? Do I have somebody here who can testify that I've made it anyhow? Anyhow, I've made it. It's tough, Pastor. But God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think. I thank God today that I may be a sheep to the slaughter. But thanks be to God, cancer couldn't hold me. Diabetes couldn't hold me. Heart attack couldn't hold me. Whatever it is. I am. More than a conqueror. In Christ Jesus. Say yeah. Say yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Why? Because we win. We win. That's it. Two verses. I asked God to do something amazing in this service today, and He did it. Oh, Lord, that's right. You know what God's doing? You know what God is doing to y'all? He's saying it's time for you to open your mouth. Stop being cute in church. I didn't come here to impress you. Came here as the mailman. To deliver. The word is what's going to change us. Positivity. Positivity. You become positive when you have the word in your mind. Your outlook of life is so amazing. That in suffering you see the love of God. That's what I'm talking about. In our church sanctuary we have exit signs. And those exit signs means that you can leave the sanctuary through those doors. But when you follow the exit sign and you leave the sanctuary you're still in the building the exit sign doesn't take you outside the building there's another exit door on the other side of this sign to take you outside the building so if you're trying to leave the building you first through the first exit sign it's not sufficient Takes you outside of the part of the building. But it doesn't take you out of the whole building. There's another exit sign for that. This is the way. God allows us to exit our temptations. We're told that our tempt- that with our temptation. He will give you a way out. An exit that will help us to endure. Most people think that an exit means they're getting out of the temptation altogether most people think that the exit that God provides will get them out of their problem but actually the exit usually provides it leads us to another hallway it's called the hallway of endurance where the exit sign takes you it doesn't take you out. It takes you through your suffering. So just because you see a way out, doesn't that mean that's all the way out. No, there's another hallway. And I want to say to somebody here today, it's time for you to exit. But you got to make it through the hallway of endurance.